All right, Eric, here we go. Another fantastic ELO album, Secret Messages. This is Face Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Secret Messages bonus tracks. I'm Eric the Naked Chick. No. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. What? (laughs) And I'm Eric Winsensen. And we're going to comments for Loser Gone Wild. And if you're saying, well, what happened to the comments about Secret Messages? Well, if you missed the memo, we are responding to replies on Facebook. We're doing it through Zoom. I record it and I upload it to our Face the Music and Electric Light Orchestra song by song podcast not playlist and that's where you can see our replies because these bonus track episodes are getting ridiculously long and being a huge pain in the ass for me to edit together so that's where you'll find the comments about secret messages but some of them that are going to require some production mixing and editing and stuff like that will make it into the bonus tracks episode like this one from g brewer i have always loved this song and feel the time signature changes are perfect i love the bluesy riff and would have enjoyed that at the beginning of the song as an interlude segue. At the time when I first listened to it, when it was released, I did not like the title, mostly the word loser, as it was a word I heard again and again through life. I have used it towards others as well. It is an ugly word. A loser thought from Gary. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard Loser a lot, too. And from some people that I won't put out here on the internet where that came from. But yeah, it, it's come up a lot. It is an ugly word. And I've used it myself, too. Then again, they were losers. If a loser calls you a loser, that really carries some weight if a loser tells you you're a loser. How'd you like that crack, Edgar? Moving on to comments about Bluebird, Trevor Raggett. This is Face the Music. An Aztec Camera song-by-song podcast. Well, Jeff's really embracing his inner early 80s UK indie pop side on this one. Definitely sounds like a tune that Roddy Frame might have come up with. Wonder what an Aztec Camera album produced by Jeff would have sounded like. Oh yeah, Bluebird. Nice tune overall, but despite a number of Jeffisms, not a classic ELO sound. Oh, and some nice drumming by Roland. Would have preferred Bev, though. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't heard much Aztec Camera, and I really have always wanted to. The few songs that I have heard from Aztec Camera, I really, really like. And yeah, I would have loved to have heard a Jeff. Did you hear that? That was cool. Thunder just blew. Um, so 
I think I would have liked to have heard an Aztec, a Jeff Lynne produced Aztec camera album or even song. I need to listen to more Aztec camera. I've been meaning to do that for like 30 years. Go on Spotify and I should t- take that up then. They weren't bad. Now, if you really want something unique that they did, and this was done as a flip side to the song All You Need Is Everything, which is a good song in itself. Mm-hmm. They did an acoustic version of Van Halen's Jump. I did hear that back in, I don't know, 85 or something on The Storm. And that was the first time I knew who Aztec Camera was, because the DJ said, that's Aztec Camera. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I liked yeah. it. And then, of course, Oblivious and Somewhere in My Heart. And I really love those songs. I need to check out more Aztec Camera. It's been on my to-do list for 30-something years. Sweet mother of God, what is the holdup? MJ Fold says, wow, I adore this song. A friend of my dad's taped him Queen's Greatest Hits. But he had room on the second side, so filled it with some other bits. He then decided to record the beginning of Secret Messages right at the very end. When I was at uni and getting into ELO, I saw this tape and took it as my own. It had the track Secret Messages, Loser Gone Wild, both which I loved, and only part of Take Me On and On, which I found long and dull and didn't get to anything good before the tape ran out. But it also included Bluebird, which I was amazed by. I loved the jangly guitars, the way the drums drove it along, the synth sounds, the words, of course, the work, work parts, everything. So many great sections, including that beautiful Fly Away, Bluebird, Fly Away From Me. Fly away, Bluebird, fly away from me To a place Somewhere far across the sea To me it seems like Jeff is talking about his own desire to fly away from doing ELO stuff. Jeff's vocals are beautiful throughout. Then we have the joy of that ending as it soars. Amazing song. One of my favorite ELO ones and a song I would always include on new mixtapes for people. P.S. Troy is really wrong in what he says. I am with Madeline here. (laughs) Queen's Greatest Hits. Now, if you've ever read the book Good Omens, unfortunately, as great as the Amazon adaption was, they did not have this part in there, probably because most people don't have cassettes more. But one of the running jokes in the book was, no matter what cassette you had in your car, at some point it turned into Queen's Greatest Hits. (laughs) So that might have been the entire Secret Messages album that he had on that cassette. And it just suddenly, at least part of it, became Queen's Greatest Hits, just from Parthenogenesis there. It was my favorite Genesis album, by the way, so... Phone works! Hi, this is Claudio from Miami. I have a comment on Turn Me On and On. I can't believe you two dopes have not figured this out. This is a song about sex. This is the most unadulterated, clean, straightforward, wet, sexy song that Yellow has ever made. This is not about some spaceman. This is about slathering in bed on and on without an end. And when they remake Ecstasy in Blue, this is going to be the title song. Want to wash my face for me? Would you hold still? If you were gentle. Are you gentle, Danny? Want to try? And now we have another telephone caller. Will you please pick up on line two? Four little diamonds. I think the two Eric's are short-selling Yellow and Jeff Lynne again here. I think it's a fantastic song, but it's simpler 
and I, I can tell you guys don't like simplicity, the focus on the harmony, rhythmically. It's a simpler song, and that's where Jesslyn is headed. We'll eventually move into the Traveling Wilburys, and it goes all the way to uh, From Out of Nowhere, songs like All My Love. Beautiful, beautiful, but simple songs. So I have to say, I think it's a great song, and it shows where Jeff was headed, and I loved it. And by the way, there is some beautiful Jesslyn humor on here, which there is way too little. The introduction where he's counting in after four and then he skips one, two, three and just barks out four and gets going. Fantastic. I love it. Huntsville event for the fall in the Civic Auditorium Friday, October 30th. The Electric Light Orchestra ELO World Tour 81 in Omaha Friday, October 30th. ELO, weaving its way through time in a special Omaha concert event, also featuring the sensational music of Hall and Oates. ELO and Hall and Oates. Tickets are on sale now for this spectacular display of light and sound. Traverse time with the Electric Light Orchestra and Hall and Oates in the Civic Auditorium. You are listening to Eye in the Sky, an Alan Parsons Project song by song podcast. Trevor Raggett says, Another tune from Secret Messages that could have come off an APP album of the time. Or Moody Blues. Or mid-80s Jerry Rafferty. Or, 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 a nice song in its own right. A good guitar solo, but really very generic. Well, I really wouldn't mind doing an Alan Parsons Project song-by-song podcast at some point. I'm going to need a break first. (laughs) After... What, four and a half years of doing this ELO podcast? Honestly, I'm just not in the mood for it. Moving on to comments about Danger Ahead. Ken Keenan, I hear girls talk in this song. Maybe you're listening to the wrong song. I don't hear any lady voices in it. I think he means the um, Elvis Costello song by way of Dave Edmonds. Oh, see, that makes more sense. I can kind of see that in parts. There are parts of the Edmonds version, or maybe even the ELO version, like in the verses. I can hear it kind of weaving in and out of, oh yeah, that does kind of sound like Danger Ahead, but not like the whole tune of it, I wouldn't say. It sounds like Elvis Costello. It's not too much different, but less on the guitar, since, of course, Dave Edmonds is a guitarist. Guitar's up front, and Edmund's voice sometimes is a little bit better. But I'll have to listen to the Elvis one. I listen to the Dave Edmonds one. Yeah, 
No, Elvis Elvis Costello wrote the wrote and did the original. So, um, well, I didn't even know Elvis Costello did a version. I just typed in "Girls Talk" in the computer, and oh, it's a Dave Edmonds song. I'll have a listen to it. Brian P. Sears says, "I hear some influence from the band Sweet. Always one of my favorites on this album." Now that I agree with. Add in more guitar and everything, and you get Sweet's glam rock sound out of this. Which is not a bad thing. No, it's not. And now a thought on a thought from Troy. Too long, too uninformed. I don't know. Google some uh, sugar. Just occasionally. That's a thought on a thought from Troy. I listened to this episode, and I mean, he did go on a little bit longer than he normally does, but... I didn't really see anything that I disagreed with or anything on his take on it. Troy's segment is kind of weird. It seems like it's kind of polarizing. I like Troy, and then there are people who really don't like Troy. It seems like there's no middle ground on the opinion of Troy. Maybe that's why I don't get yelled at as much now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Troy. You took all the rage off of Winsensen, and now it's on you. Yeah, he's lightning rod. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. But I like Troy. It's my podcast, so he's he's going to stick around for as long as he wants to do it. Ah, crap! He's usually pretty pretty informed on what he's talking about himself, so... Yeah, well, I mean, mostly it's just his opinion of the song. I mean, sometimes he'll yeah. divert into other areas, but for the most part, it's just what he thinks of the song and what are the memories and feelings he's had about it or has about it so unfortunately googling ELO stuff doesn't help <laughs> anything anyway <laughs> no not not too much other than figure out what album it was off of that that's <laughs> that's about it then get uh, Jeff Lynn's quotes which um which don't amount to much <laughs> <laughs> no no I used a box that makes a lot of sound effects for this song that's it that's all he gives you yeah Exactly. In the early 70s, Jeff Lynne and Bev Bevan imagined a rock and roll band with a symphonic sound. In the mid-70s, it happened. The Electric Light Orchestra. This is Chris Eric Stevens. Join me as we present a two-hour radio special on one of the most innovative rock groups in the world. The ELO Story. Coming soon. done and out of the way a lot quicker than usual have you ever heard secret messages the album i'm sure you've heard bits and pieces from it but have you ever heard the album in its entirety no i have not that's good then that's one of the reasons why i got you the album for your birthday because there's also been different versions of the album and different other tracks from the album released on other stuff so i got it for your birthday because you didn't have it and I wanted to make sure we were on the same page as we we're going through reviewing each song so that I'm all set for Rock and Roll is King and you're all set for Hello, My Old Friend. And that's the... No, that's that's not yet. <laughs> so how do you feel about Secret Messages? Uh, well, in all honesty, if they didn't have to turn out another album, this would have been a place to end on. Mm-hmm. It's not horrible, which is always a good thing, but... It is so obvious a breakup album. I would not say it's the most enjoyable listen. It's so inconsistent throughout. It's one of those where you get a great song and then you get it, or you get half of a great song in some cases, 
and then half of a not-so-great song jammed into that great song. And then you have other songs that you really wish you would have heard in the past or had been singles but never released. And then you get some bland retread stuff like Four Little Diamonds that they did try to still push. Everything here says chaos, I should just (laughs) say. Should it have been a double album? No. No, I'm not a big fan of Out of the Blue. My problem with Out of the Blue is a lot of those probably could have been B-sides. But when Out of the Blue is really good, it is consistent, and it sticks to what it's supposed to. Most of the second album is very consistent in what it does. Here, even with a double album version, especially with the bonus tracks I've heard, it's still very inconsistent. With a double album, I probably even worse than Out of the Blue, I probably would have been screaming and yelling and talking about, why isn't this just a single album, picking out specific songs to where it should be a single album. And most of the songs, course that would have made a great single album were left off the single album so this is just bad decision after bad decision (laughs) other than making it a single album was probably a good decision by the record company but otherwise it's uh well at least we got an actual album out of them i should say (laughs) instead of something like coda or uh, uh cut the crap yeah or (laughs) yeah or something like that we at least got an album out of the real band or at least most of the real band yeah, and still got some good songs out of it. That said, still got enough quality on there. I would give it three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. This was the album that got me into ELO. I'm not saying this is the album that turned me on to ELO. There was a decision made with this album. Me and a friend, we rode our bikes to Metro Center one day in June in Phoenix on our bikes. And we met up with some other friends there. And we went around the mall and did mall stuff. And we went into the record store. And I bought Discovery and Secret Messages. And then after all that fun, we rode our bikes back home in the end of June in Phoenix. And when we got back to her place, we, you know, looked over our albums. And there's Discovery and there's Secret Messages. And since I bought the two albums that day, and I already had time, my friend said, so you're gonna get into ELO now? And I kind of thought about it. I loved Discovery. I was still playing the hell out of time. I liked all the songs that I heard on the radio, so I kind of thought, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, ELO will be my band. So from here on out, I started collecting ELO, and it was like, yeah, that was a wise decision. ELO's pretty damn good. It is where my ELO fandom started. To me, even from first listening in 1983, this sounded like time leftovers and considering how freaking awesome time was that's really not a bad thing i like the album there have been tons and tons of times in my life where i've thought sweet jesus i gotta hear secret messages their best no not when there's el dorado a new world record discovery and time i'd still put it up there though i would say it ranks with the in-between albums that came between the the great albums. There are some songs here that I could do without. Loser Gone Wild is one, or just trim that down a couple minutes. Four Little Diamonds, I know I said first song side two has that thing going on, but it's still in my head. Even though, you know, when I hear it, it's not a bad song, but when I think about it, it's kind of like, not really in the mood to hear it. Time After Time is friggin' awesome. Rock and Roll is King is a fun, this is it, from the whole band. I know a lot of people knock on this album for reasons that you said, and some people say that it 
Sounds like Jeff is tired. And he is. But I still like it. And I still have always had good thoughts about the album. Star-wise, realistically, I'm sure I gave 100 billion stars for time. Although I would give time 5 out of 5 stars. I'd give secret messages... It's bordering on 3.75 and four stars for me and I feel like I'm being generous by giving the four stars so maybe 3.75 it's a good album I've I've always liked not a great album but I like listening to it whenever it comes on or when I purposely put it on yeah it's certainly better than no answer and as for balance of power well I'll just wait and see I still say that yeah secret messages is better i still enjoy listening to secret messages more than i enjoy listening to any of their first three albums abs yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so it is still that sort of quality even though well when we get to on the third day yeah it's kind of close on the third day but the first two yeah i'd still say secret messages is the more enjoyable listen yeah and for somebody who's audio-centric like me and likes all kinds of sounds and things to fill my ear holes, there's a lot of little trinkets and soundscapes going on here. So there's a lot of things being filled in here. And like with Secret Messages, the song, and Time After Time, and Danger Ahead, it's a song that satisfies filling my ear holes. Well, I'm sure that Jeff is glad that he could fill all your holes. <laughs> sure, I'm sure he did. And now comes the takedown notice. Secret Messages was intended to be released as a double album. Many reasons have been floated as to why it came out as a single album. One story was that Jeff had two more albums left in his contract, so we hoped this would fill that requirement and end the band. But Jet Records said, no, you can't use that loophole. Another reason out there is that it just cost too much in 1983 to press a double album. The tenth studio album from the group was recorded at the Weiss Lord Studios in Hilversum, Holland, and released on June 5, 1983. As a joke to extreme Christians who thought ELO smuggled satanic messages into their music, Jeff littered the album with backwards or buried-in-the-mix messages, like Plant a Tree, Welcome to the Show, and Thanks for Listening. A notice on the back cover read, Warning, contains secret backward messages but a skittish American record exec removed it from the cover. It wasn't removed on the British release. A secret message did stay on the back cover. The phony names were reguberated versions of the band members. T.D. Ryan, Richard Tandy, F.Y.J. Fennell, Jeff Lynn, G.U. Ruddick, Kelly Grocutt, and E.V. Nabe, Bev Bevan. This was ELO's first album released on CD and the first recorded in all digital. With the exception of Beatles Forever, the discarded tracks from the double album version wound up on the 1990 box set Afterglow and the 2001 Special Edition. In the United States, it reached number 33 on Cashbox and 36 on Billboard, 35 in Japan, 20 in Canada, number 19 in Australia, number 15 in France, number 13 in Spain and New Zealand, number 11 in Austria and Sweden, number 7 in the Netherlands, number 6 in Germany, number 5 in Norway, and it got to number four in the United Kingdom. How do you do, Mr. Sponsor, how do you do? Here's the time for a commercial for you. We'd be glad to put it in. If you'll get up a tin, how do you do, Mr. Sponsor, how do you do? 
Join the Facebook group Jeff Lynn's Blue World. Not only can you post anything even slightly tangentially related to ELO without some tin-plated nerd with delusions of godhood deleting or blocking you, not only can you debate ELO without someone questioning your authenticity as an ELO fan if you dare not like a song by Jeff Lynne, but best of all, you can win sh- ELO calendars, ties, tumblr, pens, and many other quality, unauthorized, unlicensed ELO merchandise. Is this a great country or what? But you can only win that stuff at Jeff Lynne's Blue World on Facebook. I must warn you, you, this program is filled with chills, suspense, horror. Electric Light Orchestra, Tales of Terror. <laughs> this episode comes from Ken Enos. Everything you are about to hear really happened. I first heard Fire on High on my double-stepped eight speakers quad system in my boy cave garage on a creepy October evening. I had walked into the house for dinner and left the stereo on, doors open. Back in those days, nobody bothered your property. So after dinner, as I start walking back around the pathway to the garage, I can now hear this atmosphere of haunted forest doom that sounded like it was traveling around me, like ghosts watching me. And I'm thinking, This can't be my rock and roll station I left on. What the hell is that? So my spidey senses are all tingling, and I start walking more slowly and cautiously into the garage, because maybe somebody snuck in there and changed the channel. As I enter the room, the backward snarling started up in full stereo surround sound. And I thought Satan himself decided to pay me a visit, a la Faust, and it was surely time for me to die right now. I'm looking all around the dimly lit room to see which corner this demon from hell has manifested in, but it was so shocking it made me run. I almost soiled myself. When I calmed down a little, I went back in, and turned all the lights on, and was investigating the whole room. And noticed a lovely tarantula had crawled into my stereo cabinet, which only creeped me out all over again. (coughs) Now I had to devise a method of nabbing or killing this beast. Was it the spider that spoke to me? Did the devil leave it as his calling card? And what the hell is this music anyway? of ELO. Oh, okay. I know that song, but I never knew it started up like that. I used to sleep in the garage a lot. It was my room. Not that night I didn't. I went and bought that record as soon as I could find it, because I still wasn't convinced that stuff was really on that record. Dastardly Jefflin, what a nasty trick to play on poor unsuspecting folks. I wonder how many ER cases occurred over this. One night, A couple weeks later, I had a friend over, and we were listening to music and hanging out. I started telling him the story, and describing that spider to him. It was kind of tan-colored, and nasty, and hairy, and wicked-looking, about yay big. 
He says, you mean like that one right there? Oh my god! The little bugger was slowly creeping across the floor, toward my bare foot and getting closer, merely inches away from exacting his revenge with a nice chomp on my little piggies. We both stood up, slowly, and landed the death blow upon his diabolical rump. Wow, that's scary! I saw a couple Hey, this is Troy with some final thoughts on secret messages. Bluebird, I have completely changed my mind about this song. I have been listening to it a lot over the past few weeks. And I do think now, I remember I said in my initial comments that maybe it should have been left off the album, maybe should have been a B-side. I now feel that the song does belong on the album. I think it does fit, and I agree with Eric Paul Johnson. I think it would have made a great single. Time after time, Jeff, why didn't you put this song on the vinyl version? I never even heard it until I got the two record set special edition a couple of years back. I mean, I realized record companies were trying to push CDs back then, but that's one of your best songs, Jeff. You missed the boat on that one, in my humble opinion. I love the picture sleeve for Stranger. I never bought the 45, so I never saw it until Eric Paul posted it to the podcast website. And I think it's so funny. Everybody's holding an instrument except for Bev. I don't know if that's Bev kind of making fun of himself or Jeff kind of making fun about Bev whining about being a tool. But I think it's a very funny picture. And I do agree that Danger Ahead should have been a single. I think it would have been a big hit. A missed opportunity again, but I don't blame Jeff for that so much as I blame the suits at the record company. And finally, Bouncer. That should have been on the album. I never even heard the song until this podcast. It's one of the great lost ELO songs of all time. And I think if you'd have put Time After Time and Bouncer on the album and maybe made Stranger a B-side perhaps, I think Secret Messages would have been a better album. As it stands, I think it's a good to very good album, but I do not think it would have worked as a double album, and I wish I had time to go into all my reasons, but listen to the double album if you haven't done so, and I'd like to know what some of you think. But anyway, this has been a thought from Troy. Do you love Xanadu without fear of being shunned by humanity? We're here! We like Xanadu! Then roller skate to the Xanadu Preservation Society site at oddlystupid.wixsite.com slash Xanadu. It's an online warehouse of pictures, audio interviews, short essays, remixes, and a crate load of extras about one of the most maligned, yet somewhat enjoyable movies of the 80s. Make your Xanadu dreams come true at oddlystupid.wixsite.com slash Xanadu. Xanadu, Xanadu, Xanadu. Xanadu, 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 Xanadu. Well, everybody. It's me, Dono, donaldsdunk.org. And as pressure by the both Eric's, here's my wrap-up of the whole damn secret messages package. Now that the pieces of the original album have slowly and officially leaked out through two box sets in 2001 reissued decades ago, Jeff authorizing a two-vinyl LP package some years ago, minus that fanfic track that cannot be spoken within Jeff's ears, 
And all this crazy ELO fanboy pack, better known as the Bug Club, has been posting even more links to their YouTube channel, including a tape hiss free stereo copy of that forbidden song. We can now stand back and give secret messages a good thorough shakedown. We'll place it in the ELO Halcyon landscape. And to my ears, it's good. Sure, you've heard the two Arabs leading the charge disassembling this title with much criticism close up, but if you pull back, it's right up there to that other double side out of the blue. Yeah, that's right, I made a bowl falls of claim there. The blue might be loved by all from a distance, but when it was released, I remember people like Rolling Stone got all critically passive-aggressive referring Jeff as a captain and can barely withhold the use of the word Titanic. Both Out of the Blue and Secret Messages have similarities outside of physical space. Both offer grandeur soundscapes and songs with the flourishing touches that this group is known for. Sadly, Messages seems to be a tad out of step of the times than Blue. The electronics has taken over for the orchestra, largely, and the choir. Still, Jeff tried to make this sound and feel as big regardless. This was a noble experiment that managed to work, just not so well placed next to the time and out of the blue. Personally, I went through a deeper sense of evaluation as listening to this in detail revived those blinding days of my yard between high school and a job, or a community college, or whatever I was going to do without knowing. I was a bit adrift with this stage of my life, from one weird change to another with this tape played loudly in my headphones. And if the unofficial liner notes provided by the bug group are any indication, Jeff was going through these jarring changes as well, making this music. Hence, I didn't fully belittle this fellow as I suspect Jeff and I were on both ends of the same sewer pipe. And how will messages hold up from a distance? Personally, it's still there, and it's listenable. Holding up an updated ELO glitch, railing up against the Dayglow 80s with largely better results now than originally before. And despite the ELO hell that is known as Rock and Roll's King, it is still a better example of that decade that I can still put up with, unlike Balance of Power. However, that is for another bitch fest. some cash our way at patreon.com slash elopod. For $1 an episode, you can hear episodes a week before they post to the world. At the $2 per episode level, you get expanded episodes heard only on Patreon. Reviews from Don Fields, the Eric's Cover ELO cover songs, or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> People donated to the podcast through patreon.com slash ELOPod. David M. Stow, Dono, James Crow, Jill Chenault, The ESO Network, Louis Mendoza, Robert Barry, Roland Leger, Stacy Reed, Silver Wings, Frederick Scoe. And these people kicked in a few bucks to the podcast by buying the ELO Spaceship Parking Only parking sign. Corey Gomel and Mickey Ferrandino. And thank yous to Tracer Anthony for his cover artwork 
and Stephen St. John for The Stranger Music Bed. member of the podcast is above the clouds. You may not know the name, Mark Herring, but you do know the voice. Got something to say about shine a little love? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Mark loved our little podcast. He listened to every episode. And one day he wrote me saying he'd love to contribute to the show. Not financially, but in other ways. I pondered how he could be part of the program. He had been a DJ in the late 70s and I thought a smooth radio voice would be a nice addition. So I said he could do the voicemail bumpers. I gave him the script, he sent his recordings, and from the first batch I could tell he's going to make my job harder. He would give me three takes of each song, and they were all great. Got something to say about sweet-talking woman? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Got something to say about sweet-talking woman? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Got something to say about Sweet Talking Woman? Then call the telephone line voicemail. But I can only pick one to use every week. A few times my wife was in the room when I listened to the latest batch, and we were both laughing at his sillier readings. Got something to say about Xanadu Overture? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Got something to say about I'm Alive? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Whoa! Got something to say about Don't Walk Away? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Got something to say about Xanadu? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Even though we only talked through Facebook Messenger, I could tell he was smart, witty, and chatty. But in a good way chatty. He was very entertaining. Mark died on April 27th, just three weeks after he recorded the bumpers for the songs from Secret Messages. The news hit me like the end of a 2x4 to the chest. It hurt a little when it came time to drop in his bumper in each episode. Or maybe to keep with the ELO theme, it made me blue. Especially when we got to the bouncer, and it was the last time I'd be using him in those voicemail plugs. Fortunately, George Leonberger's fantastic Great Lines segment always came after the voicemail bumpers, and that perked me up a little bit. Mark's presence will definitely be missed. With Mark gone, that meant I would be doing the voicemail bumpers again. However, as my brain usually works, it didn't hit me until a week before I started putting together the episodes for Balance of Power that I should have an audition for the slot. I posted a notice around Facebook and didn't expect much. Might get one or two people trying out. I was surprised when eight people wanted the gig. So let's meet the contestants. The first audition to come in was from Jib Khan. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Next was Douglas Borman. He had many years of on-air radio experience, so he'd bring a nice broadcasting polish to the show. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? 
Then call the telephone line voicemail. Next in the door was Mickey Ferrandino. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. She had a bit more of an edge on the competition because she was a woman. I was open to anybody who tried out, but I was leaning towards a lady voice. The podcast is pretty heavily weighted with man voices. Me, Winsenson, Troy, and Dono in the expanded episodes. The only females in the bunch are Marie on Song Facts and Karen with the closing credits. Then came longtime listener and commenter MJ Folds. Take four. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. I loved the idea of him singing the title every week. That put him in the lead. Then there was Chris Schierer. Schierer? Schierer. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. I liked his voice. Deep, golden throat tone there. Next was Jeff Elbelt. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. I liked his voice too. Clear, pleasing. Then came Mark Pettit. He's been a Facebook friend since 2012. Got something to say about Heaven Only Knows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. I liked it. His delivery made me laugh. In a good way, not a mocking way. And finally, after a bit of coaxing from one of her friends, Taz Barkley. I'm a stone-cold fool for a nice lady voice with a British accent. Oh, man! That does it for me! I narrowed it down to two. MJ Folds in his singing bumpers, or Taz, who fit the desire for a lady voice, and she had the accent to boot. Like any man who has a tough decision to make that may result in heartbreak, I did the cowardly thing and asked my wife which one she liked more. She picked Taz. Congratulations! You'll hear her next week when we start covering tracks from Balance of Power. So, the staff and management of Radio Trolla Entertainment, assorted deli meets amalgamated, welcomes Taz Barkley to face the music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. And there was much rejoicing. And for those who didn't make the cut, hopefully it cushions the blow knowing that it's not a paying gig. Well, doesn't that make you feel dandy? Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOpod. Next week, episode 121, Heaven Only Knows. All right, Eric, let me know if these need to be redone. As always, I'll be most happy to do them for you. Here you go.